going tonight And she hears only whispers of some quiet conversation Hi kids Hey there, welcome to the Balluminati Podcast Presented by RP Electrical Solutions, LLC Welcome aboard. Now, for all of your R- uh, electrical solution needs, call RP Electrical Solutions at 813-949-2390. Again, 813-949-2390. This is a family-owned business owned by a USF grad, wife, USF grad, parents, USF grads. This is a USF family this is what we do. So, Nate, what kind of services do they offer? They offer commercial and residential needs for all of your electrical needs. They also put in my uh, daughter's light in her new room uh, before she was born. So they'll come in, they'll rewire your house, make sure you fuse back, you have a little, you know, a little circuitry problem, anything along those anything, lines. Anything, anything. And what was that phone number again? 813-949-2390. Eight one three nine four nine twenty three ninety. Yes, sir. Excellent. Can you find them on Facebook? Yes, at RP Electrical at Solutions. RP Electrical Solutions on Facebook. Well, wonderful. Quick question: Did they wire Colin's house? No, but <laughs> that's a ringing endorsement right there. They did not. But Olivia's room is perfect with their new light. It did not have a uh, fan mm-hmm. before. Now it has a new fixture, new fan. They did it all. Um, Welcome to the first world, Olivia. Yeah, Mazel Tov, Olivia. So, and they're actually doing my uh, kitchen lights as well. Fantastic. So again, RP Electrical Solutions for all of your electrical wiring needs. At 813-949-2390. And find them on Facebook at RP Electrical Solutions. Fantastic. And by the way, if anyone else out there would care to join RP Electrical Solutions as another sponsor here of the Illuminati podcast... We would be very interested in having you come aboard. Very puzzled, but very interested. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but this sounds a little bit better this week, and that's because we put a little bit of money into this thing because we are now getting some sponsorships. So yes, and we're, we're, we're already addicted. And we're already addicted, <laughs> and now we want more money. I want monies. So we can do these things like on the road or with some coaches where we could possibly travel and go meet some student athletes or with some free places. bar tabs or with free bar tabs at your local neighborhood watering hole <laughs> yeah so we're working on a couple of those as well uh we'll get there but welcome aboard to our brand new sponsor rp electrical solutions at, llc at 813 oh excuse me yes <laughs> again yeah <laughs> Eight one three nine four nine twenty three ninety, and find them on Facebook at RP Electrical Solutions <laughs> LLC. This is the quality you can expect <laughs> from this podcast. And this is so the kind of how long? So the contract said thirty minute pre show ad read. How long was this? <laughs> we got about twenty six forty to go. <laughs> That's three and a half minutes. That's a good long ad read. <laughs> That's called quadruple work. <laughs> uh, to be fair, this is all pre existing. Uh, microphones but we will be getting more microphones higher quad quality more quantity so we can bring on more guests okay. maybe even a board maybe a chair maybe even a real console Whoa. Whoa. Lap. get ready for it oh man we all gotta get fat more hockey jerseys <laughs> <laughs> have, so, have a cool intro that's yeah. just one word yeah. said really loud and long naughty 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 <laughs> Air horns, air horns, air horns, air horns. All right, so. <laughs> back to A little bit business. of money. Back to business. So, some news came out today, y'all. Oh, hold on. Wait, we got to introduce uh, everybody. We got to tell everybody who's here. Fine. Fine. Hi, Nate. Hey. It's Colin. It's Vito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Senator Diggity. And joining us for the first time, special guest of the podcast... Already regretting his decisions. What? So already regretting his decisions. Yeah, probably so. But he brought beer, so yeah, we I did bring one. beer. It's my my calling in life is to bring beer and talk about offense. But uh, yeah, uh, Steeg on the podcast for the first time talking about uh, Georgia Tech and a little bit of uh, beer and shoe for everyone today. Oh yeah, oh, and ever, everyone's favorite 1982 uh, rock song. Yeah, yeah. We, sure. oh, that's got to be the intro. Sure. Got to have the intro. <laughs> it's got to be the intro song for sure. So Robert Steeg joins us for the first time. We'll get to that later. But Nate. Hey, bud. Have a little rundown of what we got going on this week. Yeah, so, 
I'm going to give you guys five minutes. Okay. Ugh. Okay. I'm timing it. I'm setting it up right now. Uh-huh. Stopwatch. Okay. Actually, timer, because that's easier. Uh, five minutes. Okay. Go. Invest in USF. Invest your future, because we have your 401k already, because we are a fucking finance company. What the fuck is with that logo? Well, you know, <laughs> ambition, <laughs> ambition over tradition, collective power. Boundless community, uncharted terrain, except for the logo that was Merrill Lynch's for how many years? Bullshit. Platitudes. Everywhere. I am going to read some of the text messages that I got today. Well, here's one. Here's one from a USF uh, board member of Mm -hmm. a DSO at the university that is just a copy of the logo and the Schlitz Malt Wicker Bowl. Oh, for (laughs) sure. I saw that. Now, had you... So, really bad logo. Hold I on, think. I'm not done. I have more text messages oh, to read Jesus. from people. Oh, this gets better. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, can you, can <laughs> I finish? Fuck off. Uh, USA Today sports writer Dan Wilkin quote retweeted Joey Knight's uh, picture of the logo and said, 1978 call and it wants its fonts back. Did you, somebody from fucking USA Today is giving a shit about being old? Yeah. Nah, that's eat, true. Eat a dick. Okay, so here are... Here are some of the text messages I've gotten from people that are associated with the university. I'm so offended with the new logo that the Alumni Association openly rejected and the bullish slogan that the faculty openly rejected. Oh, do you want to hear stuff about the bullish slogan? Not yet. Okay. I'm reading more quotes. Um, uh, It is insulting to our alumni. Um, Students, they're going to live with it. They, according to this, and I know this is not true, but according to this person, they didn't focus group this at all. They just got negative feedback and still went with it. I know that they did focus group this, but it's actually not true. Um, They still may have gotten negative feedback. I have uh, other ones from, did we just USF ourselves to the highest degree? (laughs) Pretty fair. Um, Like, I've got like, I mean, I can do this all day. Like, it's, we're on five minutes. The point is, is that the feedback has been really, really terrible. This was not a quality rollout, I would say that's fair. But also, when we're busting balls here, let's bust the right balls. Athletics had zero to do with this and intentionally went out of the way to get they out of it. They fought against it. They fought their butts off against it. And so when you're – just know that where you – when you yell about this, just know who to yell at. This is nothing So this is nothing to do with athletics. And this no. is an athletic-centered podcast. So – just keep that in yeah. mind. Let's just read the Slack reactions. Uh, <laughs> mine was Merrill Lynch looking ass when I saw it. Uh, I think this was... You tweeted that I did, I did. Uh, looks like a Chinese restaurant logo. That was a good one. It's very USF, which is my new word for mediocre. That font could be the credits for Kojak or Three's Company. <laughs> I think Jamie had And that then one. this is, I mean... This one fucking made me laugh. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> We've got majors for you. <laughs> God, that was funny. That was fantastic. Well, yeah, no, I, I had friends that were in the room, and uh, they said that the air was like, it, the anticipation was great because everybody kind of knew it was coming, and then when it happened, it's like somebody fucking popped a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was that bad. It was just like... What the fuck is that? I mean, oh, the, the good news about that logo is that we're going to see that maybe once yeah, in the you, next, like, six the months. students and the poor bastards that have to work there, uh, the ones that have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, this it, is from Ryan Nanny at Celebrity Hot Tub, SB Nation Zone. <laughs> this looks like the logo that comes with comes up with some light French horn music at the start of a VHS on mitosis. Damn right. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it. Oh, 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 God, I was thinking more like a like a 35 millimeter reel that your teacher used to pull out from the audio visual club. Oh, uh, yeah, we're the only ones. We're the only ones that Yeah, we probably are. That's <laughs> laser disc. Like, this is this was not a strong moment in USA. And by the way, I stand by my previous statement, which is that anything that is made, any decision that is made on a major level by a committee that involves consultants <laughs> never ends well. <laughs> No, and, and there were I, they talked today about how many people gave input and all this kind of stuff and that was part of their all and I'm like that's probably part of the problem you're never going to make everybody happy no matter what you do so when you try to make everybody happy you never make anyone happy well what happens when you try to don't make try to make anybody happy <laughs> you just piss everybody off. <laughs> just get this fucking logo right, so it's it's, it's not the, great I, the bull is so pretentious what pretentious pretentious it's has its you know, you know people can hear that, right? Yeah. Like, no, yeah we're done. Your podcast. Right. That was we're the timer. Done. We're done. We're done. We're done. All right. Thank God. In conclusion, fuck the logo. Why is it yellow? Like, why? <laughs> why did we go back to Hunchback Bowl? 
colors. Oh my god. If you've been on USF, you know it's on every damn light switch. Just Bring make, back the goat. And just, just make the eye red, and, and if you want to reference history and tradition, make the eye red and like bring back, have that be the goat reference. Alright, we're past the five minutes. I, I said seven, you're like, no, let's just yeah. do five, let's just do five. Alright. All right. We played Elon, season opener, guys. We win? Fighting Christians. What happened? We're watching we, it in the background. We actually. were actually watching it, yeah. It was, I remember it exactly the first quarter of this game before my girlfriend was like, you, we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I was at a higher we, uh, <laughs> I was removed. I was, I was in the middle of my uh, best friend's wedding reception, uh, watching it on my, uh, on my two friends' iPhones uh, in the middle of a- Was it uh, an open bar? It was not an open bar. And to the, That's it's, your fault. It's, it's a little upsetting, but, you know, got to watch a little bit of... Have a bar? We got to watch a little bit of uh, Blake Barnett slinging the rock a little bit. and Yeah, so overall, a uh, fantastic debut for a lot of new USF players. Yes. Blake Barnett, fantastic. Uh, no, no, Vito, bad. What are you doing? This fucking audio guy Jeez, over here. What are you talking? doing? Just leave this in. Oh my gosh. Leave this in. <laughs> Literally our producer. Our producer is making decides to watch TV. Hey, you want to start a weed whacker outside while you're at it? Who cares? You blow some leaves? Yeah, let me uh, fucking cut off Jesus. All right, so. Uh, Blake Barnett, fantastic. Oh, throws for over 300 yards. Yeah, throws yeah. for three touchdowns. Easily 300 yards. Yeah. Easy. Uh, and rushes in another. Great for him. Johnny Ford, true freshman, running back, looked great. Offensive line, mixed results. I think that was where I started losing my shit. That and the defensive line. Yeah, see, what what do we think about the rush defense? Was it the two drives and then we brought in the backups and it kind of – I haven't rewatched Soured everything. I we rewatched the first half before we started the podcast here, kids. So I haven't rewatched the third quarter yet. The yeah, nerds. Um, but from what I saw in the first half, like you know, they were able to stay in gaps and pretty successfully in the first half. And then I got to see what happened in the second. Was it an adjustment by Elon that we didn't adjust back, or was it just, hey, we're up a million? And I, I did. I do remember looking out there though during the game, going, "These are still the starters in there. This was not like we pulled. You know, we went to the bench." Yeah, so from 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 my observations, I had very limited film on what I could and couldn't watch. But with uh, the halftime adjustment that Elon made was basically like Davis Cheek, starting quarterback, pocket passer, not working. Let's put in a running quarterback and see if he can do anything. Jalen, I believe his name was Jalen Green, Jalen Thompson. Um, he was able to find success purely because our pass rush just kept on over pursuing. And, and he was able to sneak out of the pocket, run the ball up the middle a few times here and there. And then those two drives happened. And then they adjusted accordingly to having a running quarterback instead of, you know, the passing style quarterback, which was nice to see because a lot of the times, you know, a lot of, a lot of these running quarterbacks will come in and just take over the game. And we were able to, again, it is an FCS opponent, but they were able to kind of make those adjustments and, and keep them shut down for the last two drives that he was on. Zach Colaro says hi. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> to your point on adjustments, uh, Coach BJM. Uh, first drive, Nico Saltel horribly out of position on two plays that result in chunk yards. The very next drive, he takes him out, puts Dwayne Bowles in, true freshman. And you know what happens? Dwayne Bowles lays the lumber. Vincent Jackson Jr. picks it off. He made an immediate impact with those kind of adjustments that we saw from Coach BJ late last year. It seems to have carried over this year. I like what I saw from the defensive line. The, the young guys were good. There's a lot of variety in how he attacked. A lot of double-A gap lips with the linebackers leaving the corners on an island. I have charted the first quarter and a half. Um, a lot of 4-2-5 single high safety with Jamon Thomas as single high safety. Uh, it looks like they're using Bentley Sanders, a redshirt freshman, more like a 2015 Jamie Bird. Um, <clears throat> instead of using the nickel as that, he is just going to be that kind of guy. And he did really well. He was in there, uh, over pursuits a couple of times, out of position. It'll happen as a true freshman or, you know, redshirt freshman in his first game action. But overall, I think he impressed me more than anyone defensively. Gotcha. Uh, I. <laughs> Offense. I mean, defensively, like it's tougher for me to pick up. I'm I'm more familiar with offense at this point because when I go back and chart, I didn't always chart defense. I just had to pick one side of the ball and I pick offense. 
because that's when we were bad when I started doing this at offense, and now we're good. <laughs> um, so I understand that side of the ball a little bit more, but it seemed like to me, offensively, the guy that stood out to me was St. Felix. Kids for real, man. That's yeah. a, that is a redshirt freshman that was out there legitimately making plays. Now, as Steve and I, while we were watching the game, he missed a couple blocks on some bubble, and he ran on some routes yeah. when he made some wrong reads and things like that. But, like, freshman got a freshman, you know? But you can see that there's clearly talent there. The other guy who— McCants gets lit up. Be on a on a, on a bubble, right? Because he Ray just didn't just misses the block. He he. Does, I don't think he knew what he was supposed to do. On that exactly. Point. I think that's what it was. He just like runs out in the pattern. So like stuff like that, um, you know. But he'll clean that up. And the other guy that I think is going to be so happy about Barnett being the QB just because of his arm is is going to be Salomon because that guy has he's still I think he's still the fastest wide receiver we have at this point. Fair, yeah. probably. That's, yeah. Um, so he can just go by people. Um, in a way that nobody else can. And so they're going to be able to run a lot more ghost stuff on the ladder, you know. And uh, so if anyone can really have a breakout season, it might be him. I just double-checked the, uh, the stats from the game. And uh, Elon threw the ball one time in the second half. Uh, they ran the ball every single play in the second half, whether that's, you know, they're trying to get out of there quicker or I don't know what. Maybe they were trying to give some of the younger guys more experience. But uh Jalen Thomas threw one pass for negative three yards in the second half. He they very much relied on that run game. And, you know, USF got gas for two drives and then they pulled it back together for two drives. Uh, you know, going into the locker room at halftime, they're probably thinking Davis Cheek was going to come back out. Their pocket quarterback, you know, he they switched it back out. So they definitely made the adjustment. Elon made the adjustment and we adjusted back in a sort of a chess kind of match. Mm-hmm. But. You know, that it, it was concerning to see Elon kind of gash us a little bit for there for a minute or two, but they definitely made those those right adjustments as, as the game went on. Yeah. And, and like we said, uh, Bentley Sanders is is going to be one of those dudes that you're going to hear his name a lot, a lot on Saturday. Yep. It's not to go too far in advance for what's coming next, but he's he's going to be flying around a lot. <laughs> Do you think it's fair to say that up 31 to nothing, even though the starters are still in there, even though the play call is still aggressive, what have you, that if the players were a little lax, that's concerning? Or is that just one thing that's you're up 31 to nothing at some point you go, it doesn't matter. That's it doesn't, just, doesn't, I want discipline, 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 Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Paul. I mean, that's just, that's just a normal human instinct to just kind of you're already up, you're you're comfortable. I mean, in a smaller scale, like my IM team in college was very good. And we would be up 2025 trying to put away a team, but we would just kind of like I played a lot during those those <laughs> moments. All right. And I was hoisting threes just because, well, who cares? Uh, and I think that's kind of what happened. Guys were. They were yelling at each other, though. They were yes. back yeah. and forth. Ma- Mazzy yeah. Wilkins was uh, he pissed. was pissed. Yeah. It's good to see that the older guys are pissed about it and uh, I believe it was Bentley who said this should have been a goose egg the entire game so it should have been a goose egg it wasn't that's okay like I look I had skepticism about the offense going to the game I feel a lot better I know Elon is basically like playing 11 on air you know they're not good um thank you um but the I kind of like where we're at Barnett showed me you know that he clearly has not just arm talent and accuracy, but he's got some feet. Yeah, that kid's not fucking around. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> you know. But when you see it, when you hear about a guy that can't, you know, plays a quarter at Alabama and then can't get it, and he's the third string at Arizona State, and then you're like, all right, well, and is it, even he said after the game, this is my 22nd day in this offense. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, when you're coming on that late, can you really be effective right away? Yeah. Turns out, yeah. Yeah, and sure as hell can. Looks like uh, you could be. Now, I want to see him do it against real pressure. Yeah, I want to do it. Against a real defense. Against, like, when, you know, a lot of these deep balls that we were throwing, our receivers are a step or two behind. That's not going to happen against better talent. I think that so, assuaded some of our worries, though, that he yeah. can throw the ball, he can move his, uh, move his wheels. Right. So exactly. There's, there's yeah. something to work with here, for sure. I think that first drive um, was flawless. That was the most perfect opening drive of a season that you could have scripted for Sterling Gilbert and this offense, all right? 
Oh, so, wait a minute. McNeese State. We ran, what was it? Who ran? We the, don't Marcus Shaw. Shaw. That. 80 yards. Marcus Shaw, baby. To My the paint. first ever game as a USF student. I get to watch Marcus <laughs> Shaw rattle off an 80 yard run and then shit the bed the rest of the game. <laughs> can, can we talk that about that? prepared you pretty well. <laughs> and uh, terrible after that. Can, can we just say, like, after Florida State lost, it was like, oh, wow, Florida State lost. Willie Taggart down. And all of a sudden, every article was like, it's not as bad as when USF lost to McNeese. <laughs> Why? Why? We were just starting to forget about it that. Gets it gets better. That's what I was telling everybody. Like, it gets better. I, I've Fucking got, calm down, you bunch of bastards. I, got, I was leaving the stadium. I went to the game. And I was, I was leaving the stadium, and I took video of these guys screaming over a railing we didn't pay this coach for this I didn't pay this coach for shit you idiots <laughs> yeah, yeah. right and like they're all just bitching and moaning and complaining I'm like I got it on video and I told everybody I'm like there were some guys I was walking out with I'm like Willie's first game I'm a USF grad Willie's first game at USF he lost by 32 to McNeese State relax you're gonna be fine like you guys weren't good last year either, so it's, it happens. happens. Yeah, to be fair, Francois does not fit this offense. No, absolutely not. At all. So Why is Franklin, uh, who <laughs> Willie tried to recruit to USF, not the guy? Blackman. Blackman? Blackman? Yeah. We, we, well, first of all, Blackman's going to get hit a hell of a lot in this offense. And yeah. He's a stick. It, so, so, I, I also, can, can, can we talk about, like... Um, Tiger McCants tweeting out like, "Huh, those players are a lot less, are a lot more different without a few." Drag them. Fair, fair, fair. So, USF's first drive, screen to McCants for six yards, eleven personnel. All right, it's pretty much all eleven personnel that first drive. Uh, second and four, hitch to Stanley Clairvaux making the start over Darnell Solomon. He made a couple plays. We saw why he started. First down. Uh, another first down, uh, it was a halfback pitch to the right, which was fantastic. Guard pulled. It was something that we had not seen out of the shotgun formation in this offense with the pitch to the right. And it goes for 10, 11 yards for first down. Sands up the middle for four. They go. They, they hurried up. Sands gets four. Next play, play action. Randall St. Felix bomb touchdown. I mean, that was scripted. It was perfect. All script, yeah. That's fine. But that's that's script. The, that your first ten spoiler alert. The first ten plays of a of an offense is scripted. They're gonna run those ten plays regardless of what's going on. You know they they could be running it up you know three times and you know they'd still run it on the fourth play if it was scripted for them. The thing with the offense was the dynamic and the change from how the first ten plays looked last year right. versus how the first ten plays looked this year. First play for USF last year was typically either a repass option where 90% of the time was given to the running back for a short gain or a deep pass. Yeah. <laughs> or it was a deep pass to someone who was on the outside. Usually Tyree or Solomon was usually there as well. That was the first play almost every single time for USF last year. Now it's a little bit different. Now we're seeing Sterling trying to open up that playbook a little bit and, and saying, hey, you know, our first 10 plays can be different every time. You know, I, I'm expecting a different 10 plays to start against Georgia Tech. Mostly because the the differences of these defenses, but we saw very very different offensive play calls than we saw last year under Q with uh, with Barnett under quarterback. Now, so the first half stats for USF uh, they averaged over eight yards of play, which is a full yard above what peak twenty sixteen Willie Taggart offense did, and I think that's what we're going to see. Maybe closer to the seven, but it's going to be explosive. It's going to be big chunk yards. I think the running game will be better. It won't be the halfback dive up the middle like it was last year. And it's exciting to, you know, see that there's more to football than running the ball, which USF has done for 20 years. And it's nice to see that there's, we can't actually put it, put it in there and be successful. To note about that yards per play uh, stat, your your best yards per play team last year, Oklahoma, was averaging around 7.5 yards per play. Uh, the community college in the middle of Florida was averaging about 7.3. Uh, with these style of offenses and with the play calling that you want it to be explosive, you need to average over seven yards per play. That is That is your kind of threshold when you're below that that's when you can consider it a non-successful offense because that means you're getting less, you know, big plays than you are those big plays. Uh, last year, we were looking at about 6.8, I believe is what uh, our offense was at. 
not ideal, but it was still pretty good chunk yardage here and there. It was um, uh, it was one point one yards full uh, fewer than, yeah, it was the year than it was the year before. And like the the so I use two statistics to that point. Mm-hmm. One is yards per play. I think that's the most efficient. But then also um, points per possession because if you are garnering you know, seven and eight yards per play, but then you're turning the ball over because you're taking shots that you don't need to take or whatever. So a combination of those two is, I think, the best way to judge an offense. And, and yes, the problem with points per possession is sometimes you're taking the ball over in the 20 and sometimes you're taking the ball over in midfield, but in the long run, it balances out. So, um, yeah. What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you taking a picture? Snapchat, don't worry about it. Creepy. <laughs> what, was, uh, what was the yards per play uh, when Barnett was in the game? Do we have that? It was, it was about eight. It was about in the first half, and the the first drive for USF in the second half was a 16-play, 86-yard drive that ended with a Barnett rushing touchdown from one yard out. And that was basically it for him. He had one more possession, moved the ball slightly, they punted, and then it was the backups. So then it's like five-point-some yards per play, which isn't super great, but then you seven points per possession. So, like, that's how you— That's what we want. Right. Yeah. So— that went well. So, yeah, I, I feel encouraged. Um, what, what's, what, what, what do you got next? Because, like, we should probably like, oh, hurry, hurry it up. Hi. Yeah, so hurry up, Georgia Tech preview. All you see. What oh. are we going to see? Oh, God. Navy oh. with athletes, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're hearing. Navy, Navy with athletes. with athletes. So, to, to clarify, uh, Georgia Tech, I mean, when you call Georgia Tech running the triple option, they don't actually run the triple option. Triple option's a play. Uh, that's that's the bread and butter of the flex bone, essentially. The flex bone is uh, a very old school style of offense that you'll see service academies run. Uh, Georgia Southern ran it for a hot minute uh, up in uh, up in Georgia. But for the most part, you'll see uh, service academies run this. Now, it's, why do the service academies, for people who don't know, yeah. why do the service academies run the triple option? Well, first off, to play off of the discipline that requires to run the triple option, uh, especially, you know, early 2000s. Uh, Navy, Air Force, and Army, you're looking at extremely disciplined blocking schemes, uh, play calling, and, and reading. That quarterback has to read that defense like it's a book, like a children's book. He has to understand, you know, if a defensive end is is crashing in on me, you know, that's that's when I when, that's when I pitch the ball. Or, you know, if a if a defensive end is really cutting hard down the line of scrimmage, that's when I uh, that's when I give it. So when we see these teams run triple option now. You know, we have such a large variation of of what teams can run the triple option. A lot of people think Tulane runs the triple option with their new style of offense that they brought there. Uh, anything that gives you more than one or more than that two kind of like, you know, you can give it, you can take it, or you can throw it. That's what a lot of it comes down to. The difference is with Tulane, it's it's out of a pistol look yeah. more than, than other teams are doing. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of a similar thing. So where Georgia Tech kind of differentiates themselves is theirs is not necessarily as disciplined because they run a, a little bit of a zone uh, blocking scheme where they don't necessarily block the people, they block the area. And they make sure that that area is always going to be open. So that's why you see Georgia Tech produce these these stud athletes and these stud running backs and stud players week in and week out because they, A, recruit in a recruiting hotbed of Georgia, and they also, you know, want to get their speed guys in space. Uh, they'll, run, they'll run a traditional triple option play less than they'll throw the ball. The problem is they'll run a lot of misdirection. They'll run a lot of speed look. They'll, they'll trick you with where they're going with the ball almost every single time. Um, the, there's basically a handful of guys in this Georgia Tech offense that know it so well. The problem is the main guy needs to know well. Their quarterback, Taquan Marshall, uh, coming out of high school, was a running back. And he knows how to read a defense pretty well as a running back, but he definitely needs to understand how that defense or how the offense kind of works on different levels. Uh, they, they, they will run the ball a lot and he will be the one running the ball a lot because that's kind of how he reads the defenses. He's going to take it himself a majority of the time. Uh, I'm going to have to look at the stats, but he last year ran the ball almost double, almost 150 times more than the next leading rusher. Jesus. He, he kept the ball as much as he possibly could. Uh, it, it wasn't, and it's not to say that he wasn't making big plays. He was he had 16 touchdowns last year, but the next leading rusher at five, you know, he was the one man show uh, and they really turned it around this year with him. Uh, he was not the leading rusher 
or leading rusher, and he was not the leading uh, rush attempt carrier for Georgia Tech against Alcorn State last week. He uh, he ran the ball about nine times, got touchdown, and uh, had about 77 yards rushing. So he definitely got a better understanding of this offense, when to give, when to keep, when to uh, when to pitch, but. He definitely needs to uh, is is one of those guys that he's so athletic that it doesn't matter if he gives it. He's still probably going to give out two or three yards. And it, just going off the the stats of the Georgia Tech game, they had five guys with a long of at least twenty five yards, and one went for fifty six, and then two for twenty eight and two for twenty five. Again, Alcorn State. Again, like, let's yeah, you know, let's not get too carried away. He, um, Marshall did throw it eighteen times. Which is more than he you would probably think. throw against USA. Probably, right? Uh, Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times had a pretty interesting stat uh, today. USF ran about eighty-three plays last year per game. Georgia Tech allowed about sixty-two yeah. in twenty seventeen. So, I, where where are we going to see that change, and who's going to win that battle? Total in the game is fifty-nine and a half. Less I saw. That sounds about right to me. Um, because, yes, Georgia Tech is naturally going to take a lot of the air out of the ball on possessions, but I think both teams are going to score. You know, I, I don't think USF is going to – this isn't going to be like Navy the Navy game, what's it, two years ago now, where we yeah. just stuff them every time and, like, mm-hmm. you know, they just eat it. Um, so I, I tend to think that this will be a, a, a game where both teams put some yeah. points on the board. <laughs> Someone asked on – one of the Twitter questions we can kind of incorporate this was – are we going to see like the bare front against absolutely Georgia Tech? Oh, and I see. I don't think I don't think we're going. I don't think we're going to see not every time. No, not as a base against Navy at your base. I think the base is probably going to be a four-two-five single high safety with Bentley Sanders roving. Um, Probably, I would assume the corners will press just. You always they, have to press. They, yeah, they. That's what they do. Right. Um, they, press, they, they press a lot against Elon. Um, they only played to the first down marker on third and longs. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of uh, we'll see a lot of press. Um, do not let the wide the wide receivers get off free because it's going to be a nine round. So it's going to be a nine. So the thing is, is that the reason you have to play press coverage is because you want to jam the guy. And hold him up from releasing onto his route because there's no help behind. Because that help that would normally be there in a normal situation has to walk down in the box for matchup purposes against triple option. Mm-hmm. So, like you're jamming, what you want to do is you want to jam and you want to give those receivers mostly outside release because if they get inside release on you, then you're running. Goodbye. They're gone. So, you want to jam and press. And that's why you're pressing. So, yeah, you're at some point, you know, especially in like third and longs when they got it, when they just know they got to throw it, press, take them outside, and then just, you know, good technique, knock the ball down. Hard to do. Sounds easy to do, but uh, if Georgia Tech has like jump ball wide receivers, it's just so much easier for them. They're all tall. They're all they all go straight to the ball, and they all they all pinpoint that high that high point that the that most receivers are typically struggle with. And that's why you get a, a receiver like Calvin Johnson who comes out of Georgia Tech. Scouts love that he could high point the ball, and that's something that Paul Johnson underratedly teaches his wide receivers. There's there's the running joke in the service academies that wide receivers are just basically outside tackles. All they're good for <laughs> is just blocking, blocking, blocking. But when it comes down to it, their number gets called. They have to catch the ball. And they always – they make incredible catches nine times out of ten just because they know that that is their moment to, to advance the drive for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, hit some questions real quick regarding Georgia Tech. Collins gambling. Collins just checking lines. Collins just checking lines right now. It's all good. Uh, it's from Andy Taylor at Andy Taylor 6. Are we going to beat Georgia Tech? Should we have started hydrating three months ago for the new kickoff? <laughs> yes, yes and yes. Yes, yes and yes. Yeah. Although we are getting three and a half online right now. Yeah. So. I I was the kind of the pessimist in this game. Uh, I I came from a, a triple option style offense in, in high school, so I understand it pretty well. Uh, oh, so yeah. you played in common. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I played so I can comment for those. Sorry, for those, BJ. For those listening, but. It, uh, man, the triple option, if they, if, if Taquan Marshall finds his groove, we are going to lose that game by double digits. Which is terrifying. The problem is, Taquan Marshall has yet to really find his groove consistently. Uh, that, that's been his kind of monkey on his back, is, is putting together two straight games where they can, he consistently does well. His team might do well. So there's no Josh Nesbitt? No. (laughs) Okay. 
But well, he, that makes me feel a little I, I'm, I'm going into this game rather pessimistic. Uh, normally, I'm the optimist in the group. Colin knows this more than anyone. That oh, I'm, I'm, I'm his, his, his bright side, but <laughs> I'm not optimistic in we, this we game. We haven't beat it out of yet. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Give it time. When Nate got here, oh, the worst was oh, Connor. Yeah. We have beaten it out of Connor. Connor's like, fucking God. Connor, why did I go to college here? <laughs> I Could have gone to Georgia. He was an Alabama transfer. He, he, he was, was an Alabama transfer. He was a well, he came here and he thrived, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so this from at uh, T Ready One on Twitter. What's the uh, plus minus and wins with Blake at starting QB versus Brett or Chris? Did the Blake transfer save our season? We're one game in, and we're yeah, almost going to fuck down. Right. Good God! I think. I, think I mean, to be fair, Brett and Chris looked fucking terrible. Small sample size. <laughs> sample size. But, but garbage time on third down and Brett's first. At game action, he overthrew the wide receiver by ooh, ten yards. Again, like I said, I didn't rewatch the second half. Did they were was first string out there with those guys? No, it was it was backups. It was the freshmen and stuff. But okay, well then he's not getting any time. Well, and the yeah. receivers are running wrong routes. Most likely, assuming that he didn't get any time. Mm-hmm. I, right, I am, but I am assuming. Like generally, when you play the backups, Elon's going to play their first string still. Like they're not they're not benching their first string when they're down twenty five in the third quarter. So I didn't even know I they had a, a first string. So I'm assuming that, you know, they're probably not getting the same look. Would You have to wonder what Keenan Oladokun could have done with the first string. Yeah. I'm just saying to be fair to them. And I saw Oladokun make a play. I saw one. <laughs> one play. Yeah. I, but I think Blake showed why. Blake clearly was very, very, very good. And, you know, I want to see it under pressure, but that was very promising. Going very back promising. to last week, I want to know who said no to him in the coach's room. If it wasn't a consensus, who said no? It was the... Sterling. It was the offensive coaches in that meeting, right? That was... that was. It was both. It was uh, both. He, he asked the defensive coaches, and then he asked the offensive coaches. We'll see. Uh, so what freshmen stood out uh, outside of the obvious of Bentley Sanders and Randall St. Felix? Did anyone else stand out to you guys? Johnny Ford. Johnny Ford. Hey, Johnny Ford. Yeah. I think in, in about – I give him the rest of the season to kind of grow and mesh in that system a little bit more. Uh, he can be that dude that, you know, breaks off for breaking a, a certain couple of records that Marlon Mack broke. Like he has the speed that Mark that Mack didn't have. He has the grit that that Dearness doesn't really have. I saw a lot of really good. Did you say Dearness didn't have grit? <laughs> no, I said more grit than Dearness. Wow, Dearness was like Dearness was human like tartar. He was so much grit, like that guy. Come on, yes. but there, there's a. This lot is a Dearness like. Johnson podcast. Now he can, <laughs> he can be the best forward that USF has ever had. That's fair. He can beat out Mike. <laughs> Mike, uh, by the way, the reigning international bowl MVP. Like for to our boy, but um, <laughs> forever, forever. <laughs> but I mean, that game was pretty damn good. What was it over 200, 206 yards or something like that? Yeah, I was there. It, like, was, it nuts. was Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Um, so yeah, Johnny Ford, absolutely. Um, of course, when you have a smaller guy like that, it's the first thing you think of: can he pick up blitz? How is he going to be in pass block? You know, if he can do those types of things, you can figure that part out. Kid can fly, dude. Like, and he's got quicks, and it's not just like breakaway speed; it's like uh, elusiveness as well. So. Jordan Cronkright and Duran Bell did not suit up. We got word today from Sterling that Jordan will suit up for week two. Didn't hear anything about Duran Bell. But in pass pro, Trevon Sands had a two-on-one. He upended one of his guys because Marcus Norman went. He, he somebody missed, somebody missed an assignment. They brought right. two guys from the right side outside, and he went inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was uh, the second drive that ended in a punt uh, in the first quarter. Blake gets sacked. There was just a miscommunication there, but Trevon Sands picked up the blitz well up into the dude, and he was t- completely taken out of the play. And that's what we need in this offense, especially from the running backs. We, you need to be able to pass Brown. If you can't, you're not getting on the field. Kronk, uh, I mean, everything I've heard, fantastic. Also, I don't know, did they confirm it is an ankle? Did they confirm that? I know that for I, sure. I'm 100% on Okay. That. It was an ankle. That's why. Um, just like I knew Mike Love had a concussion two years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, um, but... Uh, he'll be fine, and it's precautionary. Um, he could have gone, you know, but they decided that they didn't need him. Yeah, right. We we didn't need Cronk right in that game at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. so good for him. Um, yeah. Let's see, uh, Dwayne Boyles. Yeah. Oh my he was, God. Man. I mean, along with his dreadlocks, there, <laughs> which are top notch. 
top, top notch. Um, I mean, I thought D'Angelo had great locks. Not even close. Not even close. It's him by a mile. Hmm. Okay. Um, his his hit that he had on that interception, <clears throat> I, I, I he crushed that man six feet under. You know, yeah. just oh my god, I cannot believe how hard he hit him. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, will they film the TV angle from the away side again? Yes, yes, yes. Well, just, <laughs> they spent way too much money converting that suite into a broadcaster's spot. They're going to use that for the rest of their natural lives. I can promise you. It, I mean, it just makes it look. Fuller on TV, and that shouldn't have been done years ago. All it is, it's just why are we shooting the away side when we could be shooting the home side where everyone is in the West Club, which I had tickets to and was inside the West Club with the kids. Fantastic, phenomenal! It was great. Are we the, I heard you got those cheap too. I did. I got them super <laughs> cheap on. Um, well, well, they're not paying for a this. Non-sponsored, uh, non-sponsored website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if this website wants to sponsor us, we will definitely plug them. But I, got, I, I may actually. I thought about picking some up for next week. I got. This I week. got. Uh, single game face uh, value one ninety. I got six tickets for sixty six bucks when one ticket was one ninety. That's pretty good. That's almost eleven dollars a ticket. That cool. is almost eleven dollars a ticket. If you do That's the USF math, math. <laughs> if you do the math. Um, Even the logo on our bull, or the bull logo, can do that, Matt. Um, so, <laughs> well, it is a financial so I, institution. So I will. Uh, I watched. It was my first game in the stands in a long time, just at home. What are you like, poor? <laughs> <laughs> More because uh, I wasn't in a press box, but um, so it was my first game in the stands in a while. And so I sat in the first quarter, and I sat with uh, my friend Liz in the end zone. And then the second quarter, I went up to the suites. And then in the third quarter, I sat in like two oh nine. And then I, I sat in was, Judy's lap. No, I, I don't think I'm allowed there, sir. But um, the I like took, I bounced around the stadium, and I just walked around, and I sucked up the and you know what? Like the the problem with sitting in the stands after you sit is like, who was that on that play? Who made that tackle? You can't see like who's on the field. You can't like that's the hard part. Like you miss the like X and O stuff. Yeah, it's a real fan experience. Right, but then the <laughs> fan experience is just like it's so like the atmosphere was legitimately good, and for twenty one thousand people to actually be in the building, yeah. And that was the actual the announcement was with thirty whatever, but like twenty one thousand that were into it that were allowed for a quite frankly a game that doesn't really mean a whole hell of a lot and that people were engaged and involved. The parking lots were full before the game. That's Which what I noticed coming no? up from Fletcher, uh, you know, going north to south. I saw the north uh, parking yeah. lot was full when we yeah. showed up, and the south was pretty damn full too. Like, uh, I used my media parking to pay to park for free. Of course, course you did. Of course. Of course Who wouldn't? Who would? I would. Um, I would and I like I, I had to park further down, which sucked. I had to use my I had to use my walking sticks. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. But but it was full, and there were a lot a lot of people. A lot of people stopped and said hello, and it was nice. It was it was nice to be around my family when I got recognized because they don't believe me. <laughs> that happened to me too at first too. People would be like come up to you, and like people Yo, would see it and would be like, "You pay these, you know this guy?" Though. Yeah, right. And, yeah. and people would like, come up to you, and now like I go to games and like people come up to me all the time, and they still think I write the website, which. I'm not quite rude sure. Sh- how rude as shit. You should tell them. You should. Yeah, no, a I t-shirt them, that I'm says, like, talk Nate, to Nate Bond. I always say Nate and Connor have done a fantastic job, da 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 blah, blah, blah. I always say that. But like, people, but people still hey, like, say, oh, yeah, totally, man. I'm fucked up. What's up? <laughs> I've heard you say it. Well, I've taken credit. I've taken credit for building the website. Yeah, they uh, built the platform. Yeah, I have credit for the articles uh, now. Right, I haven't written a damn thing in four months, I don't think. Kind of I nice. think the last thing was the dingle. It was the dingle thing. Yeah, it's been a while. I got I got a bullet. He has six catches at Iowa Central. They're oh, one and one. Okay. Yeah, um, so I mean, uh, he's he's dingle a cast. He's a, he's a second <laughs> leading receiver at Iowa Central, and they were fucking garbage last year. So good. For Iowa them. Central. Yeah. yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Iowa Western's the one that was good out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my Iowa. So I know, I'm getting my Iowa direction. I'm sorry, Iowa. Iowa, what the fuck? Tickets. 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 We have tickets, two yeah. tickets to give away. Courtesy of? Courtesy of At the Pabs 20. Pabs. From Pablo Iglesias. Pablo Iglesias. 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 I butchered his name, and he let me know about it, and I appreciate it. Um, and then he also said the best part was you guys calling me call me rich. Oh well, that sure shit isn't true. Motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> well, you got tickets to spend. So, we yeah. don't. So uh, 
Pablo, we are about to give away your tickets. Let me pull up the winner. I had it, and then I had to go find your tweet. Your, you DM me. For real. All right, so the winner. Oh. <laughs> David White at DWYte06. You are the winner. You had all. The, you had the correct answers. Oh, that's my burner uh, account. <laughs> that was perfect. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, the questions were who USF hosted five other teams from the ACC. Who were they? Um, they were Florida State, Miami, NC State, UNC, and Syracuse. Georgia Tech coach Paul Johnson faced USF in 1997 and 1998. Georgia Southern. I did get both of those. I did get number one and number two right. And in that 1997 game, USF scored their first ever two-point conversion. Who caught the pass? Chad Barnhart. Chad Barnhart. Oh. Mm. Trick throwback. Damn. (laughs) From Jermaine Clemens to Chad Barnhart. I would have said, oh, who's the running back that year? I would have thought it was the other kid. Jermaine Clemens was not the starting running back that year. Anyway, yeah, that's way before my time. Yeah, that's like four years before my time. Man, that's some thunder striking and some lightning. That's some electric stuff. I it is all electric. <laughs> and we're drinking Big Storm. And you know what? Ironically, the power's still on, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> um, if it went out, so I asked. I asked. I think we're done here, guys. Um, so I asked the podcast. Oh, the podcast ever? No, just for time. Uh, questions. We have a ton of questions. We answered them. Okay, I have one. Okay. Any news on Reishin Bronson? Haven't, haven't heard anything about his injury? Uh, no. They won't say. <laughs> we don't get any access to practice. Well, Why would it. they tell us? Okay. Well, um, they changed the time of the press conference so no one could get there. Joey Knight was uh, traveling to Florida State to cover the game. Yeah, I got that email, too. I was, I was uh, on the way to Florida State when uh, I got that they, email. So they moved yeah. it from Tuesday to Monday. Right. Um, they've moved all practices to the morning at 6 a.m. Because it rains at 4 o'clock in the afternoon in Florida. God, who would have Who would have figured that out? Who would have thunk it? You know and, what really helped that? An and, on-campus stadium. Which, <laughs> <laughs> you mean, it, you mean an indoor oh, practice oh, facility? Oh, boss, silly me. Oh, you're <laughs> crazy. Oh, no. That, was, that, that actually, was, I heard that was mentioned during the uh, big storm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's during some lightning, you know that lightning is electricity, almost like our sponsor. So if you guys blow <laughs> a fuse, make sure you call RP Electrical Solutions LLC at eight one three nine four nine twenty three ninety. Find them on Facebook. Find them on Facebook. Okay, so I talked to the sponsor, uh-huh. and I said, "Hey, is there anything you want me to say that I haven't said already?" And this is what he said. He wanted me to tell you guys that RP Electrical Solutions is the Jim Levitt of electrical contractors. He will beat the competition. (laughs) Didn't Jim Levitt beat his own? (laughs) (laughs) All other electrical companies are skip holes. Jesus. He's going to get sued. <laughs> no, no, just that is slander, stuff. sir. Slander. RP only so, drinks Pepsi one and more lets you know it. <laughs> one more time. RP Electrical Solutions is a Jim Levitt of electrical contractors. They will beat the competition. All other electrical contractors are skip holts. That's so, honestly the great. I, I could not ask for a better tagline. They're, they're the slappiest electricians. <laughs> so um, that's it from us from the Bluminati podcast presented by RP Electrical Solutions LLC. Woohoo! 813 949 2390. Just find one on Facebook. Find us on Facebook. Find. Uh, we are on Facebook as well at the Daily Stampede. Oh, man. Yeah, that's going to take off. USF site for fans. Way too wordy. Yeah, I, I feel like we need to change that. What's, yeah. what's in that polar pump, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Vito, do you want to talk? Oh, wait, Vito, before we go, do you want to talk about uh, your? In, you went to the shut, the live shutdown focus in Atlanta last week. Jesus. Yeah, I'm actually cool. drinking the uh, the SB Nation koozie that they gave us at the little meet and greet. It was pretty fun. So got, how to, meet, got to meet Richard Johnson, fantastic, Dick well, Johnson, yeah. our guys. great guys, and they both came up to me and said, "Ah, oh, Daily, Daily Stampede, how's Colin?" <laughs> I don't write there anymore, but I still love those guys. And they said, "Hey, he still owes me money." <laughs> <laughs> Great event. They take care of the writers and contributors, and Shutdown Fullcast is just absolutely. It's a shit show. It, it's a shit I can't show, wait to and hear it's it. fantastic, yeah. and it's amazing, and I can't wait till they upload it. I think one of them tweeted out and said, I just got the audio <laughs> from the Shutdown, the Shutdown Fullcast livecast, and like on brand, it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we will see you guys at noon on Saturday, Georgia yeah. Tech yeah. National yeah. TV. 
Uh, it's already been said that Georgia Tech will be like, wearing white jerseys, so who knows what oh, we'll be wearing. Fuck that. We're not going to wear black at noon. We're not that crazy. We're going to wear think. blue helmets. That's what we're going to wear. We're going to wear the blue <laughs> yeah. helmets. Yeah, uh, blue helmets. Blue helmets coming up. Um, shut really Salute. hooked us up. So um, let's let's do the hacky thing that I really hate doing, but I kind of think is fun. Um, predictions! Oh, man. Put me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech 34-24. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give my same prediction that I gave to our guys over at, from the Rumble seat. Uh, 48-42, Georgia Tech. I'm going to say 35-25, USF. Uh, also, I'm going to get your fist. That's a prediction. That's a prediction we can it's all get behind. It's a Paul Johnson offense. They're so good in the red zone, and they're so efficient. But... We have BJ. We're going to get him off the field three times in the red zone. Yeah, yeah, second poll. USF 34, Georgia Tech 30. Oh, we win! Bulls win! And now we don't have another tough game for weeks, and we can like sort of like put some stuff in and change it up before, I guess, Houston? Houston? Houston, Houston, yeah. Probably. So, yeah, get through this week, and then you can sort of have some fun until you. But then we go to Chicago, and that's one of the fun. Dude, and they lost their best player today. Wow, don't sound happy. Houston, no, Illinois lost their. Yeah, I know. Don't sound happy. It's a fucking kid. I know. I'm not. kidding. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he was actually. He was really their only guy. Mike Mike Dudek, their yeah, wide receiver. Hell of a receiver for them. He was their only guy that did anything last year for you uh, for Illinois against us, and he's not there. And you know, Lovey doesn't know how to handle a tamper team. And by the way, love you got. Did you, if you watch the end of that Kent State Illinois game, Great they are God. That was just holy. Just it, I had a fire on the spot. That was ridiculous. Vito prediction. Man, I, at first when I did my picks, I thought Georgia Tech uh, running rush defense. That we're not going to have enough possessions. But uh, screw it. Thirty-eight, thirty-one, USF. Yay! Yay! All right, All go, right. Bulls. go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Archaeological solutions LLC. Get it.